Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast online. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash faithworks, or just click on the link in the description. To those of you who already support this podcast, thank you so much. Your support helps us put tools in the hands of men and women just like you who want to experience a disciple-making movement in their own neighborhood. Now, if you haven't downloaded the CDM app yet, what are you thinking? In that app is one of the greatest collections of movement-focused resources that you can have just in the palm of your hand, from podcasts like this one to whiteboard videos, webinars, blog posts, and links to the CDM calendar of events and what we have coming up next in terms of prayer and connecting with others in prayer. There are tons of resources at your disposal that are easily searchable. You can literally get in there and type prayer. Or type in Discovery Bible Study. And inside there, you can find the list of scriptures we use for Discovery Bible Study, the list of questions we use, and much, much more. If you have not downloaded the CDM app yet, you need to. Go to the iTunes store or to the Google store and type in Contagious Disciple Making App and download it right away. All right. One of my favorite stories that my dad tells is uh, one that happened just after the tsunami. Uh, Hopefully many of you remember the tsunami that happened in Indonesia. It was devastating in Indonesia. But many of you probably don't know that it also hit portions of India. And this particular story happens in one of those cases. And in the case where the, the tsunami, the water came in, many of the wells of the people in that area were salted and no longer useful. And so one of the things that we looked at doing as an outreach ministry to get us to engage a whole community, to get our disciple makers in there on a regular basis, was to go into these villages and drop in these tanks that would hold water. And then once a month, a truck would come by, or maybe once every couple of weeks, I'm not sure exactly on the frequency, they would come by and they would fill that tank with water that then the villagers would be able to use in order to, you know, cook their food, to drink, and things like that. What that allowed us to do is put disciple makers in those trucks, and then they would go from village to village, and they'd be on a circuit and develop relationships. Now, when they were building these tanks and these trucks, uh, a bunch of engineers got a hold of the trucks, and they came to my dad, and they said, oh, man, David, you're going to be so excited. We put a pipe, you know, as big as a plate uh, at the end of this, this thing, and it can empty the whole truck in 45 minutes. My dad looked at it, and he sat back. And he's like, guys, I love this idea. You did a great job. But here's what I want you to do instead. I want you to take that plate or that, uh, that pipe and I want you to make it about the size of a baseball or a softball. And the engineer quickly did some calculations in their head and they were like, but, but that will take like four to six hours to drain the truck. And my dad said, exactly. 
And that gives our disciple makers four to six hours to hang out and to have tea or coffee and to have a meal with someone in that village and to do the business of making disciples. And sure enough, when we started taking those trucks around all the various villages and everything, we were actually able, the disciple makers were able to spend significant time and we were able to start, uh, you know, discovery Bible studies and ultimately churches in every single one of those villages. I like to call that planned inefficiency. Hopefully you know by now that relationships are not efficient. They really can't. You can't sit down at a dining room table and say, all right, honey, we got five minutes. Let's go ahead and build a meaningful relationship. I mean, if you did that, your spouse is going to look at you and like you're crazy because you just can't do that. I have an 11-year-old daughter, and uh, I try to, you know, at least once a week, go, go take her out to a place, and we'll spend two hours walking around in a mall or a bookstore or something like that. In those two hours, I may have one significant 10-minute conversation. And I can't plan the conversation. I can't force it to happen. I can't ask just the right series of questions that get there. What I've learned as a dad of three kids over almost 20 years of parenting is that all I can do is create regular time and then be responsive to the things that come up as I demonstrate interest in my child's life. It's incredibly inefficient, but incredibly meaningful as well. And it communicates volumes to my children that they are important to me and the things they say matter. And as I do that, they share more and more and more things and we have a deeper and deeper relationship. It's inefficient, but it's totally relational. I think that in, in disciple making, sometimes we consider our outreach activities especially ones that um, may be engaging a whole community, we try to make them efficient as possible so that we can celebrate a large amount of numbers. Uh, for example, we might sit there and say, you know, we developed this whole thing and this weekend we had, you know, 200 cars from the community come through and receive Thanksgiving food boxes. Thank you for all the volunteers that, you know, received the papers, directed the car in to open the trunk and the volunteer that took the the box in and close the trunk and then wish, you know, wish them a, you know, a happy Thanksgiving and then sent them on their way. And we, we serve 200 people. Well, that's great for effectiveness in terms of, or efficiency, I should say, in terms of, look, you know, we served a lot of people, but was it good for disciple making? Were there relationships? Did they get to know the names of the families beyond what they read on a piece of paper? Would they able to be, be able to recognize them again if they saw them? And the answer is probably no. So if I was to take that same illustration and make it more effective for disciple making, but inefficient in terms of the number of people we reached, I might want to sit there and say, all right, we're going to have people park their car. Then they're going to be assigned a volunteer from our church who understands conversation quadrants and is friendly and outgoing, who then helps them go through the line of filling up their, their, um, their 
their box with things that they like and they need, asking about their families, asking if they have any other needs, and then taking them to a place where they can they can uh, chat with them a little bit about life and maybe even pray for them. And so it would you would serve maybe half the people. But the relationships that were built in that time would be more significant. And if you could make something like that to where it's a regularly occurring thing with the same people, or at least you were following up with the same people in a different way and providing that consistency of contact, then between the consistency and the inefficiency, you will develop relationship have the conversation, quadrant conversations of casual, meaningful, spiritual, and discovery that could lead to starting discovery groups and Bible studies because you spent time to build relationships. So don't, when you approach your, let me just say this, when you approach your disciple-making endeavors, particularly your engagement endeavors, don't think efficient. I want you to think relationally. I want you to spend the time, and I want you to be consistent in being around the people so that we can learn where they are in their walk with God and help guide them towards starting a discovery group with their friends and with their family. It's not about getting there fast, okay? It's about getting there in the first place, because sometimes we sacrifice getting there just because we want to do more and we want to do it faster. Okay? So when you're thinking about your disciple-making activities, your engagement activities, uh, particularly if you're planning them, outreach events and things like that, I want you to start planning for inefficiency and make relationships one of your primary metrics as long as there are relationships that can lead to discovery groups and discovery Bible studies. Now, in the second part of this podcast, for those who are part of our premium supporters and things like that, as a thank you to them, we're going to be talking, though, about how to best use your time even as you're trying to be inefficient. Because there is a difference between wasting time and being inefficient. And so I want to address that a little bit in this podcast. So you've been listening to the CDM podcast. I am Paul Watson. I'm super excited to be able to dive in deep with you, those of you who are supporters, in our second half of this podcast. Uh, If you have not already, go ahead, like, share, five-star rate, review this podcast so that other people can hear all the things that you're learning and all the things you're exploring to help you become a more effective disciple maker. Thanks for listening to the CDM podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at contagiousdisciplemaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app.